Well, we're going to be honoring you today uh, in our message. We're continuing in our summer at Springbrook in the series, and we've invited our teens to be a part of our service today since we're going to be talking about how to honor dads. And I know this is a, a difficult day for some. Maybe you've lost your dad in the last couple of years. Uh, maybe uh, you have a, a disappointing relationship. Uh, with your dad, and this this day kind of brings up all kinds of memories. We'll be talking about that a little later, and maybe for other reasons, it's just kind of a downer day. Well, I just pray that God would uh, help you to experience His love and compassion and comfort as you go through that uh, difficult time. Well, we're going to look at Exodus 20:12 as we talk about how to honor your father. Uh, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. This is a fifth out of the ten commandments. And we're going to talk about how to honor your father. What does the word honor mean? Well, in the Hebrew it means to give weight to. It's the idea of giving importance to. It's, it's honoring somebody. It's treating someone in a special way. It's respecting them, submitting to them. Usually you honor a person who's in a particular position, who has particular authority in your life. So we want to learn how we can better honor dads, just as we talked on Mother's Day about how we could honor our moms in different ways. So how do you honor your dad? Well, first of all, you pray. You pray for your father. Fathers under, are under a, a tremendous amount of pressure these days. You think about the financial pressures as they go to work. How many dads commute over an hour to their work? Anybody out there? Oh, mercy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's 10 hours a week right there that they're on the road. Uh, the deadlines that you have at work, uh, the pressures, the challenges, uh, everything that's going on. In fact, I was reading a interview, uh, or excuse me, a uh, research study uh, done uh, by Fortune magazine, what they found is that 56% of dads that were working uh, were called away in order to care for their children. Typically, a child was sick or something of that nature. Now, that's much higher, of course, than uh, back in the day. And it's interesting that only 40% of moms were called away for the same purpose. And then it was said uh, from these dads that 68% of them experienced some type of negativity from their bosses. So here you have dads who are trying to care for their kids, and that's even more pressure upon them. Of course, all the roles have been spread around and turned around over the years, uh, and, and in some ways that's a very good thing. Dads are much more involved with their children, caring for them, helping their wives, uh, that's a great thing. Uh, but at the same time, it's more things that they're managing, and especially you think of the kids' activities, right? Uh, we're all chaperones taking our kids here and taking our kids there and spending times at different, spending times at, uh, different activities, uh, just helping our kids to develop their skills, helping them to find out what's special about them and celebrating that. And then, of course, you have all the yard work, and there's all kinds of things going on. 
Well, there's a lot of pressure, and, and many dads wonder, like you saw in the video earlier, kind of a question mark, you know, am I doing the right thing, you know, am I approaching this in the right way? We're, we're here to encourage you today. And that's why all of us who have dads in our lives need to pray for our dads on a daily basis. But we just need to encourage our dads, especially in this area of wisdom, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given him. Think about the dad in your life. Where do they need wisdom? Ask them today when you're having the barbecue or going out to eat. How can we pray for you, dad? Now, sometimes dads can't articulate how uh, you can pray for them, but you can maybe ask your mom or... Uh, Talk when your dad's not around. How can we pray for dad? <laughs> and I'm sure you'll come up uh, with some topics because of all the pressure that dads are under. But the most important thing you can pray for in relationship to the dad in your life is that if they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, is that God would draw the dad in your life to himself. Now, I've been a dad for 23 Years. In fact, my son Thomas, my youngest, is turning or has turned 19 today. I think Tommy's out there. Happy birthday, Tommy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom's a real blessing uh, to us, and I love him uh, so much. And uh, so he's 19, and uh, Wesley is 21, and Brian is 23. And so I'm still very much parenting. <laughs> It just uh, continues on in different ways. But as I reflect upon all the years of parenting as a dad, I am so thankful that I have Jesus Christ as my personal Savior because He has helped me so much. Uh, he has uh, given me so much wisdom. And, and this book here, <laughs> this inspired Word of God, has been the most powerful tool with the Holy Spirit in terms of helping me to develop children that, first of all, they came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I've been able to teach them uh, this word and live out this word and model uh, this word of God in their lives in order that they might uh, grow to be strong Christian uh, young men. And I've prayed so many times for my kids Every day, praying for their needs, praying for wisdom. When challenges come along, when they're having issues in their life, praying for them. It's a lot of years and a lot of challenges. But God has always come through. And so I want to encourage you dads. Maybe we have some dads here who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They don't know Jesus the way that we know Him. I really would encourage you to to think about becoming a Christ follower. I can remember when I was just a child, my mom uh, told me uh, the truth that's found in the Bible, that I, I'm a sinner, that I, I can't have a relationship with God because I am not holy, and that uh, Jesus Christ came to die for my sins, to give His life in order that I might live. We see this in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but 
made alive in the Spirit. For Christ also suffered. You see, there's a penalty for our sin. But Jesus Christ took that penalty. He suffered on our behalf. The righteous, that's Jesus, and the unrighteous, that's me and you. He paid the penalty for our sin. And He made us righteous. Because of His death on the cross, He was able to wipe all of the sins off the books and that we can stand now wholly before God. And so He brought us to God. So if you're a dad here today and, and you have, you just don't have that kind of relationship with God where you can go to Him on a daily basis and, and talk to Him about, I need wisdom here and I need wisdom there and, and feel the presence and the power of God in your life. I, I would love for you to make that decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Savior. In fact, I encourage you to pull out your message notes at this time. Uh, I encourage you to take notes as we go through uh, the message. And at the bottom of the second page, you'll see uh, a website. It says peacewithgod.net. So if you're here today and you're just not quite sure what I'm talking about, I encourage you to go to that website and study it. And, of course, I would love to talk with you or uh, others of our leaders uh, in terms of how you can come to know Jesus Christ uh, personally. Or maybe you're a dad who's drifted uh, from God. You have a relationship with Christ, but for whatever reason, He's not on the top of your priority list. Well, I just want to remind you of God's incredible grace and how He wants you to come back to Him. Uh, he'll forgive you for drifting. Uh, we all drift. Uh, but that is the most important thing you can do in impacting your kids, is to have a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's pray for our dads, okay? Write that down. Maybe write down on your message notes some ways you know you can pray for your dad, some things that are going on uh, in his life. And no matter how old you might be, your dad might be 90 years old, and you need uh, to pray for him and his particular needs that, he's going, uh, that he has in his life right now. The second thing is we need to obey our dads. Obey your father. Ephesians 6.1, the most quoted verse in Scripture among dads. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Yeah, that's what we tell our kids. God says, you've got to obey me. <laughs> now, why uh, is it so important that kids obey their parents? Well, we see in 1 Corinthians that Paul writes that the dad is a leader of the home. Verse 3, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. The head of a wife is her husband. So we believe the Bible teaches that the man is a spiritual leader in the home. He's a leader in the home. Now, I know some people don't believe that. They say, no, 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 we're all equal. Uh, we lead together. Well, not according to, to God's Word. And I think a lot of people don't want the man to be the leader of the home, some wives, uh, because they're afraid that he's going to take advantage of that position. Because many people think a, a man being a leader in the home, he's going to be the Lord of the home. And he is going to have everyone in submission to him, and they are going to be his servants. Give me my remote. Give me my cold beverage. <laughs> do this. Do that. But in actuality, when we see how Jesus Christ, who is uh, married to the church, right? 
uh, we are the bride of the church, that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. What did Jesus do for the church? He died for her. So when we talk about the man being the leader of the home, really we're talking about the man being the primary servant in the home. Servant leadership. So dads, your primary responsibility in leading the home is to serve your wife, is to serve your kids. You're constantly giving your time and your energy and your prayers, everything you have, to serving them. That's the way that you lead your family. In Ephesians 6, 4, we read, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, we can do that, right? Because we get frustrated and we, uh, <laughs> we can fall into sin. Uh, we're very imperfect, obviously. And uh, so we've got to be careful about that and in interacting with our kids. But, it, but here's the key thing. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's our job as dads. That's why it's so important that our kids obey us. Because this is what we want to do. We want to bring them up in the discipline. Now, there's discipline involved in every area of life. If you want to be good at sports, there's all kinds of disciplines involved with every type of sports or piano or uh, academics, whatever it might be. You've got to have a skill set that you continue to practice over and over again. So, Dad, your responsibility is to continue to encourage your kids Continue to teach them, teach them these skill sets of how to li live life, especially in the spiritual realm. And finally, the instruction of the Lord. And of course, that's uh, the Word of God. And so many dads feel inadequate. And I just encourage you men to bring your families out to Springbrook. And we're going to do our best to empower you and to encourage you in that very important role. We see Paul talking about the role of a father in First Thessalonians. He's talking to the people of Thessalonica how he treated them as a father so we get insights into what a role of a father should be. For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you, the idea of teaching you and challenging you in that way, and encourage you. That is so important to continue to encourage your children and then charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So, we want to obey our fathers. The third thing is we want to respect our fathers. We want to respect our fathers. Now, the idea of obeying your fathers, that really is the younger ages, uh, maybe up through, you know, elementary school uh, now, they need to continue to obey, obviously, but when you move into junior high, when you move into those teen years, then respect becomes very, very important. Mark Twain wrote it this way, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. When I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Ain't <laughs> that so true? And usually it's more like 25 or 30, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> dependent upon uh, the child. But there's a, an arrogance that comes with being a teenager. It's just a natural part of life, thinking, hey, I'm, I'm moving into adulthood, and I think I can do this a lot better than my parents uh, are encouraging me uh, to do it. And so it creates a lot of conflict, and it creates a lot of stress. But if you're a teen here today, I want you to look carefully at what it says in Ephesians 6, 2, and 3 which is just restating the fifth command. 
It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that it may and that you may live long in the land. Now, why is that a promise? Why, if you honor your father and mother, if you obey and respect them, that your life, there's a greater chance that your life will, will go more smoothly and you'll experience it as God intended you too. Well, it's because your parents have been put in your life to teach you how to do life, to help you in your character development, to be more like Jesus. I can remember my dad, and he would say to me, uh, Dan, I'm a student of you. I know you backwards and forwards. Uh, he knew me, and his role uh, was to disciple me, which he did a wonderful job at. And I remember one time when he brought me home uh, from something, and he, he, said, he said, Danny, uh, all I expect from you is a thank you when I give you a ride. And I, I still remember that. And, yeah, again, something as simple as that. You need to say thank you. You need to say thank you. So many times, uh, teens uh, can just kind of expect things to happen. This is what parents are supposed to do. But the power of a thank you, your mom and dad, is so important. The power of saying, I love you, <laughs> is so important in that relationship. Uh, your, your parents are there uh, to teach you about a lot of practical things, about managing a household, about finances. I find right now with my boys, uh, I'm helping them to look at different careers. And I feel really inept sometimes in regards to how to guide them. So I just continue to pray and ask for uh, what God would have uh, for them. So we're kind of working together, strategizing in regards, okay, what direction does God want me to go with my life, but what a wonderful opportunity I have to invest in my kids. And I tell them, I don't have the answers. You know, we're just going to have to continue to pray about this. And you know how it goes. You know, God reveals his will from day to day. You just continue to pray for that wisdom, for that guidance. And, and you continue to do what you need to do in regards to uh, checking out different careers, talking to different people. And God directs you along the way. So it's a wonderful time. But teens, when you listen to your parents and you listen to their wisdom, and they have a lot of wisdom. They really, really do. They've been around a while. <laughs> God wants you to benefit from that. We read in Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-two: listen to your father who gave you life. Let's talk just a little bit about uh, how you can build respect with your parents. Uh, building respect uh, should be for your parents. Uh, how can you respect your parents more? That's what God has asked you to do, to honor your parents. Well, a couple things. First of all, pray that the Holy Spirit would fuel respect in your relationship. You really need a lot of the supernatural power of God to respect your parents during those teen years when... Uh, again, you're changing a lot, and they're getting used to you changing, and, and they're, they're, they're obviously uh, struggling, and uh, they have uh, shortcomings, just as you do, and so it really becomes quite complicated. And that's why you need to pray. 
uh, build a stronger relationship with your parents. Anything you guys can do to spend more time with your parents, to show concern for them is going to build a relationship that is going to make, make it so much easier to respect your parents. Listen to your parents, like the verse just said. Really listen to your parents first and, and try to understand them. And then dialogue with your parents. And this is another important thing if you have teens, to dialogue with them. Because many times a parent will say, well, I want you to do this. And the teen is seen in a whole different way. But if you talk about your different expectations and what really needs to happen, maybe you can come up with a compromise. Now, again, your parents still are an authority. And what they say goes. But the more of a relationship you build with them, the more you communicate with them, the easier it will be. And the funny thing is keep your cool. <laughs> Escalation on either side of a conversation in a parenting relationship spells uh, trouble. So maybe, maybe your, your dad, you know, he, he has a problem with anger. So you need to pray for him and also pray that even when he gets angry, you won't raise your voice. Maybe you need to lead him uh, through the process. And uh, Pastor Justin is a great... Uh, resource in so many different ways. I would encourage you to talk with him if you need to grow in this area or, of course, uh, one of the many great youth leaders that we have serving. So we need to learn how to respect our parents. Now we move on to the next item. That's just how to care for your parents. Now this is when you're moving into adulthood. How do you care for your parents? One of the most beautiful things that Jesus Christ said from the cross is he looked down uh, to John and his mother. Uh, verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother, uh, Mary, and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Isn't that interesting? I mean, all the things that Jesus Christ could have said on the cross. Very significant. Seven last words, right? He said, he, he took care of his mom. His dad was dead, uh, we believe. And, and so he said, I want to make sure that my mom is taken care of. So as an adult, we need to take care of our parents. Now, in the early years, that's just maintaining a relationship with them. As I, uh, it's always interesting as you grow older, <laughs> you've got to look back at your life and look at how you were acting toward your parents and what, uh, what your parents wanted from you, uh, kind of like what I want from my boys, especially as uh, they grow and eventually probably get married and all that kind of stuff. And uh, boy, I really want a relationship with them. But I remember in the early days of of my uh, married life, you know, we we're so busy with so many things. We we're starting a church and kids and everything that it's easy, uh, in a sense, to forget about your parents. You got so much going on. But, but it's so important, no matter how old you are, no matter what stage you're in, is to make your relationship with your parents a priority. In fact, in the context of the Old Testament command here, it really is talking about adults. When it says, honor your father and mother, it's really referring to the adults. Now, of course, we can, uh, you know, stretch it out to include everyone, but it's talking about adults honoring their parents. And of course, in our society, <laughs> so many uh, children, uh, you know, have challenging relationships with their parents. So what happens is that everybody starts, uh, everybody eventually 
lives autonomous lives. And the parents get divorced and everybody's kind of out there on their own and the government safety net. And that's not the way God designed it. God designed family to take care of family. So if you're in a really busy time of your life, I would encourage you to do whatever you can. Technology, technology is just amazing these days, isn't it? You look at your phone and you can look at your, your parents, right? And catch them up with your kids and that things if your parents live uh, far away. Uh, and, and, of course, there's just all different ways that, to stay in touch. Now, it's important, obviously, to keep boundaries. If, you're, if your parents have issues and, and they want to be too involved in your life, obviously, you've got to work out all those issues. That can be complicated. But the point is you need to honor your parents. And then, of course, as they age, things reverse, right? They cared for you when you were very young, and you need to care for them uh, when they were very old, when they're very old. And as many of you know, two years ago, my wife uh, lost her father in January, and I lost my father in February. And my dad had Alzheimer's, and so I was his primary caregiver uh, for many years. And as I reflect upon that, uh, that's one of the greatest things I ever did in my life. So I look back on my life, you know, in terms of how God used me and what brought me the most satisfaction was caring for my dad during those years. I'd call him on a daily basis. I'd run out there to Rockford uh, many times. And uh, but I tell you, my dad was far from perfect. <laughs> He had issues going on in his life like we all do. But I loved him so much, and he loved me so much. And uh, we need to care for our parents. And Lori, well, I tell you, she did the same thing for her dad, who struggled with PSP, a form of Parkinson's. It was a long, long goodbye. And now she's caring for her mother. And that's just something, friends, that we just need <laughs> to fulfill with God's power, because God asks us to honor our parents. And I know you guys do. I talk to you and I hear the stories of how you're sacrificing in order to care for your parents who are going through difficult times as they age. And that's really, truly a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right. The next thing is to forgive your father. Forgive your father. Now, this is for those of you who have challenging relationships with your dad. Some of you, uh, man, abused by your father, physically, emotionally, sexually. Maybe your dad deserted you. Maybe you just had a very difficult relationship with him because he was an alcoholic or a drug addict or a rageaholic. Yeah, a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Maybe your parents went through a divorce and that was a turning point in your relationship with your dad. And I just want to encourage you today, first of all, it is so difficult. There's something called the father wound, which you've probably heard about. We really need affirmation and intimacy from our dads. That's what we really, really need. And so many times we never receive that. And that's painful. 
Well, I want to encourage you to forgive your fathers. And I'm not saying that in any type of you know trite way. Forgive your dads. Do it now. <laughs> it doesn't happen that easily. It's a long process to forgive your dad. It really is. We look in uh, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Some of you have bitterness in your hearts toward your dad. And God doesn't want that. He wants you to forgive your dad, just as he forgave you. And friends, as Christ followers, because of the Holy Spirit within us, we have the capacity... We have the choice to forgive our dads and to be freed from that bitterness that can set in us. We see in Hebrews 12, 14, and 15, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. See, we're to strive for peace. We're to seek peace. We're to seek to be holy through God's power. And probably the most difficult relationship to remain, excuse me, excuse me, the most difficult area in our relation, one more time, the most uh, challenging area to remain holy in is in our relationships. Because that's where disappointment sets in and bitterness and just... Relationships are so complicated, but God is asking us to work hard through His Spirit in order to maintain strong relationships, healthy relationships. Because, friends, you see it there, verse 15, see to it that no one fails to obtain the, obtain the grace of God, that nobody misses the grace of God. And that, that's what we do when we forgive somebody. We give them grace. They don't deserve to be forgiven because of what they did to us, but we do it because God has forgiven us for all our sins, and we're just passing it down. We have the capacity and the love of God. The more we experience the love of God, the more we can forgive others, because you don't want the root of bitterness to grow in your heart, and some of us have the root of bitterness, and, and you think of a root. I was helping my wife uh, with her garden, and <laughs> it was pure love by which I did it. <laughs> and uh, she had some type of plant growing, and uh, I was trying to help her by kind of you know, digging it up or rototilling the whole thing. And so I pull up the whole root system. There's a very deep root system. And some of you have a deep root system of bitterness in your lives, and you've lived so long with it, you don't even realize it. It goes so deep. That root of bitterness. Just it uh, it permeates every area of your life. Like I can think of a guy I know who was very, very angry at his father. Very, very angry. Very, very angry. And would not forgive him. Refused to forgive him. And the odd thing about people like that is that they become like their dads. Isn't that strange? And he's like his dad. Because he would not forgive. Friends, 
if you have no other motivation right now whatsoever for your own mental, emotional health, forgive. If that's where you've got to get started, start there in order to bring some peace in your life. Because you think by nursing the grudge and, and uh, holding on to the bitterness that somehow you're getting some type of revenge, that's just wrong. That, that doesn't make any sense, does it? When you have the freedom and power to forgive. And forgiveness is a process. So if you're here today and you have bitterness toward your dad or anybody else in your life, you just really need to start to pray. Because the Holy Spirit is really the only surgeon who can remove bitterness uh, from your life. Because it goes deep and it goes into dark places. Now you just need to pray daily that you would feel a sense of forgiveness for this person. And at some point as you go through this process, you're going to forgive the person. But then, as you know, emotions have a half-life. <laughs> you might forgive a person, then a day later you're, you're really ticked at them. And you say, wait a second, I forgive them. Well, you've got to go back to that and forgive again and again and again. And if you need help in this area, uh, your small group leader would love to talk about it. A close friend, of course, our pastoral staff. Uh, maybe it's so deep you might have to go to a Christian counselor to kind of help sort things out. God works in a lot of different ways. But forgive your dad. That's the way you can honor your dad is by forgiving him. And there's a lot of great resources out there uh, that you uh, can explore in helping you through uh, that important process. Finally, you want to thank your dad. Thank your father. Thank your father. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you today and regularly thank your Father. Again, no matter how old he might be, thank him for everything that he did for you. How he cared for you. How he sacrificed for you. I would encourage you, if so led, uh, to write a letter to your dad if you've never done that before. More than just a card. Cards are great. But write a letter and really put some thought into it. Spend some hours on it reflecting and thinking about how your dad has impacted your life. And then send that off to him. If you even want to go to, a, to a, the next level is draw out a tribute. Okay? A tribute to dad. Really carefully thought through. And other people can help you with this if this isn't your gift. Uh, but uh, something that that your dad could frame and hang a tribute to your dad, the legacy uh, that, uh, that uh, he has created in you. Uh, that's another beautiful thing uh, you can do. But thank your dad. Well, let's pray together. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the time we've had. I want to thank you for, for fathers. And I pray for each person here. I pray that they would Take a moment to review uh, these different things that we can do in honoring our dads. I pray that we would pray uh, for our dads even more consistently than we've done in the past. pray we'd obey the dad in our life, respect the dad, care for the dad, forgive the dad. I especially pray for that one, Lord, because that's probably 
the toughest one out of all of these is to forgive. And for those who have been convicted by your spirit today, I pray you'd surround them with people who can take that journey with them, Lord. And we thank you for our dads. In Christ's name, amen. Let me get our ushers come forward at this time. Uh, we're going to give our love gifts uh, to the Lord. And we've got some uh, good things going on this morning to celebrate Father's Day. First of all, we have cookies. Not only for dads, we have a table out there, uh, cookies uh, for kids. You guys can start to collect the offering, thanks. Uh, cookies uh, for kids. Uh, everybody, well, everybody at least get one cookie, okay? So, but only adults can go to the table. So have one person from uh, your family go to the table and get the cookies. And we would recommend for the kids that they open those outside. <laughs> okay? They're all individually wrapped, so let's have the kids open them outside. But uh, we want to bless dads and whole families today, uh, just with a small token. Also, we have pictures uh, that we'd love to take a picture of your family or your dad and the kids or if you're alone, we'll take a picture of you. <laughs> well, we we want to provide that for you. And what we'll do is uh, we're going to have Costco develop these. And so if you attend Springbrook regularly, you can pick up the photo another Sunday. If you don't or if you'd like it right away, just put down your address and mark that you'd like it mail to you, and we'll do that for you. We also have inflatables in the gym uh, for the kids, uh, two bouncy houses and a slide, so they can go in there during, uh, well, after this service. Uh, they also go there uh, during the Kid City program as well, but uh, they can enjoy those, and we're just here to celebrate dads. And I want to show you some uh, uh, cool pictures here. This is a picture of our new shed out back. I don't know if you guys have been back that way. You should uh, swing by. Isn't that beautiful, huh? Yeah. Over two years in development. <laughs> A simple Menards kit. <laughs> well, there were many different issues that arose. Uh, we had to get architectural drawings uh, from the county twice to put up this simple Menards kit. <laughs> Hey, raise your hand if you help with the shed, if you're out there. All right, let's thank these guys, all right? All right. There's a picture of uh, the shed going up. These guys working hard. And then the next picture. Uh, I see a Shane Peel here. Did I see him? Uh, maybe I didn't. But uh, they call him the monkey because he got right on top of the shed in... Uh, Again, putting some of the uh, pieces on. Uh, then, of course, now the shed is complete. You know, we've got these lawnmowers in there. And uh, we've got this special lawnmower in this next picture. And uh, we're looking for people to ride this lawnmower <laughs> to help us care for our grounds. So if you're interested in that, uh, let uh, Bill Sigma or Rich know, and uh, they'd love to put you in that seat. And I really want to give a special thanks to these guys. These guys were the guys who made the shed happen and uh, worked it. And Bill Sigma, our facility director, and, of course, Rich Willard, our associate pastor. Yeah. Anybody remember the, the white uh, storage uh, container we had out there? That thing was so ugly. Yeah, that's right. Well, we want to bless our neighbors, right? 
Well, happy Father's Day, guys. Hope it's a wonderful day. Enjoying it with your families. Thanks for being here.